The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Teams are quietly circling the Chicago Bulls, hoping that they trade some of their assets. What are those assets being Andre Drummond? We now know the four teams that are interested in trying to make a move for Andre Drummond by this trade deadline. And Casey Johnson actually has some important words in regards to Andre Drummond and his potential to be here on this team after the trade deadline. We're also going to talk about the Bulls taking calls on DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic's thoughts on this trade deadline, and preview the game tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves. We're going to get into all that, plus more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, Sarah Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into this content, y'all. So, um, four teams are right now making calls on Andre Drummond. Uh, this is reported by Mike uh, Soto from Hoop Type. Take that for what you will. But he misses the Lakers, the Celtics, the Suns, and the Mavericks being teams that are interested to try to deal for uh, Andre Drummond by this trade deadline. And Casey Johnson actually chipped in on this as well, basically not being surprised if Drum is not on the Bulls roster after the trade deadline, which brings its own things and stuff like that. But when it comes down to it, it's this. Those teams, when you look at it, the Lakers, we all know that they are trying to make a move before uh, a playoff run. They are trying to add to that roster. They're always trying to add to it. You know, their uh, their reluctance to trade Austin Reeves has maybe made them miss out on some bigger targets. So then pivoting to a player like Andre Drummond does make sense, helps solidify that front line for them. The Boston Celtics as well, especially with Kristaps, even though he's been playing really well for the Boston Celtics when he's on the court. You know, they have a little bit more depth there in case some injuries or something pops up. Again, makes sense for the Boston Celtics. The Dallas Mavericks, who drafted Derek Lively, a player that I really like and that I think he's going to be really good for that team for years to come. And he's played pretty solidly for this team as well as a mainly defensive center. But to have a player in Andre Drummond that's a vet, that's done it before, that can fit in on any roster, that that definitely could help as well. You know, Derek Lively averaging 9.2 points per game, almost eight rebounds per game on 73% shooting. Listen, Derek Lively, 6'1", 230 pounds. This dude... Uh, it was a guy that I would not have mind the Bulls to really take a look at. He went uh, number 12, so, you know, it is what it is there. But I think that this could be something as well that maybe, maybe uh, you know, not to say that we get Derek Lively back. That's not happening. So I'm just talking about Derek Lively, a player that I like. You know, uh, but, you know, these teams make sense. It just comes down to how making the deal work. The Suns is another team that needs to add as much defense as they can. Uh, looking at that roster, you know, they, they have a top-heavy uh, salary cap with those three main players, but, Almost everybody other than that on their roster fits in with salary cap-wise with potentially making an Andre Drummond trade. So, you know, it really comes down to if the Bulls do move Drum, what 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 are they trying to get back for Drum, right? Is, is it picks? Is it that you're trying to dump maybe a bad salary in Javon Carter, trying to make a team take him back to get Drum to kind of add more salary to make a move like that, right? There are definitely pieces like that that you're trying to do. So I think ultimately it comes down to, you know, those type of things. What are the Bulls really looking back? 
if they do decide to move on from Drummond. Now, Bulls fans are going to ask, well, why will you move on from Drummond, a player that basically gets you a double-double off the bench when you give him enough minutes, you know what he's going to bring. He's a veteran, seems to like it here in Chicago. I think it just comes down to big men. Teams look at big men as replaceable. Now, while I'll say there's nobody who really brings the skill set that Drum has and, and the productivity that he's able to do it in the in the, num- the, the number of minutes that he gets, but you do have Adama Sanogo down in the wing, and this is not a guy who is uh, who's going to play power forward. I've been seeing some of you guys in the comments say, well, put Sanogo in a power forward. He's not going to be a power forward at the next level. He's going to be a center. And so, you know, maybe the Bulls are looking at it and saying that if we can get anything back, even if it is a heavily protected first, which I doubt you're going to get from Drummond, maybe a couple of seconds uh, that you can use in some other things. We've seen the Bulls have success with second-round picks. Io, Julian Phillips may be the next one to be that. Uh, they may look at that. So, you know, when you're in asset mode and trying to, like, get the most assets and maybe create a, a roster spot for a young guy, maybe that's what the Bulls are looking for potentially in the drum trade. But hearing that Casey Johnson kind of, again, not 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 anybody to take for 100%, right, is still kind of his thoughts. But, you know, hearing that the Bulls, he wouldn't be surprised if drums off the roster, that kind of says a lot. That kind of says a lot. So, you know, we'll see what, what if anything materializes for Andre Drummond. It would suck to lose him. But again, I'm not saying that he's replaceable by any stretch of the imagination. But maybe the Bulls feel like they can get something, maybe even out on the buyout market, things like that. So, you know, we'll see with that one. Next up, uh, the, the Bulls, what they would want back for Alice Cruz got revealed. I dropped an emergency video over on the YouTube channel when this dropped. Um, and that is the that the Bulls want an OG and Anobi type deal back for uh for uh, Alice Cruz. So now that's not an OG and Anobi type player. That makes sense. But an OG and Anobi uh, type deal where he got two young players in RJ Barrett, uh, Emmanuel quickly and a second round pick uh, back for him, Precious Achua and Malachi Flynn. Now, I don't know if that means that the Bulls are going to add some things because if a team's getting Alice Caruso, you know, maybe you do look, maybe you do use the Lonzo Ball contract. Maybe you use a Javon Carter to kind of increase that Alex Caruso's contract's only a little bit over $9 million, so you're not really going to get that type of deal back uh, as far as, like, getting two very good young pieces unless they're on rookie-scale deals, meaning, like, making, like, two, $3 million a year. Um, so, you know, that that's that could be something, right? And, you know, we we, we know that Jalen Hood Shafino is another player that maybe maybe the Lakers could include him in the Andre Drummond package, maybe in this Alex Caruso deal. I, like I said, I go back and forth. I, I think that if you're going to move Alex Caruso, you have to get a great deal back period he's so important to the culture of this team no matter what the stats on the sheet tell you Dallas Crusoe impacts the game more than I would say some players that average 10 15 points per game Alex Crusoe impacts the game more than those players even if they're high level scorers because of the defense because of the communication because of getting out in transition and forcing steals so Alex Crusoe is just a really good player and I do think that the Bulls are right to hold his value so high even if other teams don't meet it because you got to keep in mind, the Bulls don't want to move Alice Caruso. That's where all this is coming from. When teams are like, well, the Bulls are, are fans are like, the Bulls are asking way too much for a player like Caruso. That's the whole point. The Bulls don't want to trade Caruso. They don't want to move on from AC, but they are willing to do so if they're getting a favorable deal back, a.k.a., as I said on the, on the, on the emergency episode, basically, if you're signing up to be fleeced, you can get Alice Caruso or, or the, with the potential to be fleeced. You're, you can get Alice Crusoe. Your team's going to have to ask themselves, is this potential playoff run, this championship run, is it worth giving up a young piece that could be on the team in the future or picks for Alice Crusoe? And so, 
That's where the Bulls' value is. I think that that value is so high because Caruso just is not going to be moved. I think that's the biggest thing in that, in which we got that from Windhorse as well, like that the Bulls aren't expected to do anything. You get Shams talking about DeMar DeRozan, which we'll talk about here in a second. But overall, there's a lot of talk around the Bulls. And as I've said, you got to kind of break apart some of that talk and that smoke to realize it all is coming back down to one thing. This team isn't making moves at the trade deadline is the more than likely scenario. So, you know, we got that. We got Jake L. Fisher coming out yesterday as well, saying that Kobe White is off limits. No shit. Like, really, is that if you are writing a Chicago Bulls article and you feel the need to make sure that you mention Kobe White is off limits, I'm immediately realizing and taking that as you don't actually follow the Chicago Bulls team. You are just following the story, which is still cool. That's your job. But to say and have an article in which you make sure you point out Kobe White is off limits, you got to be stupid. You just got to be dumb. Like, we know that Kobe White's off limits. Have you seen the way he's been playing this season? Did you see the contract you're on? Do you think that's a player that any team would be looking to move? Come on, fam. What are we talking about here? So, yeah, Kobe White's off limits. Again, no shit. But we did get Sham specifically talking about DeMar DeRozan and saying this. Will there be a contender before Thursday that tries to get DeMar DeRozan? I think the Bulls will be open to those calls. Uh, DeMar and his future are in question, and he uh, either he's going to get traded at the deadline or they're going to look into the summer. So kind of aligned with what I've been saying, and not to toot my own horn at any stretch, I just I, I have no sources. I was just reading the tea leaves, is that the Bulls are, are open to moving DeMar. They are taking those calls on DeMar DeRozan, but if a deal does not come to, come to fruition, they will look at either extending him or a sign-and-trade in the offseason. And that's just what makes the most sense for DeMar DeRozan. Teams that want DeMar are more than likely going to be over the luxury tax. Now, does that, that does not mean they can't use their mid-level exception, but they may want to keep maintain that mid-level exception to be able to go after other players, and then a sign-and-trade may be able to be forced. Maybe not for all of what DeMar's contract is going to be, but some of that. So, you know, or a mixture of the two, right? You could still sign a player with your mid-level exception, but still facilitate it as a sign-and-trade. So, you know, it, it really depends to that and what the Bulls are getting back in that type of move. But I, I know and I've seen the anxiety from some Bulls fans and I've seen the doubt. If if DeMar does hit the open market and becomes an unrestricted free agent, that does not mean that the Bulls are just are just going to – he's just going to walk for free. Because you got to look at the teams that could be interested in DeMar, whether it's open in the roster spot, whether it's because they don't have the true uh, salary cap space – they are. They may have to do a sign and trade. We had to do a sign and trade to get Demar Derozan, for example. Like that whole offseason, we were over the cap. We got Caruso, Lonzo Ball, Demar Derozan, all by either sign and trade or exception. So there's a possibility that the story's not done, even if Demar Derozan does become an unrestricted free agent. And that's how the front office seems like they're playing this. I'm not. I can't say for sure, but it, that's how it seems like they're going to try to. They're they're willing to play this at least. Now, that could still end up with them losing DeMar for nothing. It doesn't necessarily mean a signing trade is going to go down. Team can make a trade with another team, not for DeMar, but to dump some salary, then try to get DeMar. So there's a lot of different options at the, at, uh, in the offseason if you want to try to get a player like DeMar DeRozan. But the Bulls may be trying to play those odds there and think that they're going to get a signing trade back and get something back. Again, may not be great, but keep in mind, we got, was Devontae Green part of a sign? No, that was not. I'm thinking of a different player. I think of thinking about Daniel Tice. Uh, but so, you know, at the end of the day, we'll see what happens. Our, Derek Jones Jr. was the player we got back in the signing trade for Lars. See, listen, the brain got to come. I'm old. It got it, it got to come along at some point. But, you know, so that's what you, what they may be looking for in this offseason to see what they can get. 
And we'll see if, the, if, if that ends up happening. Now, I want to hear from you guys down below. When you hear the kind of these trade rumors that we've talked about, uh, the Lakers, Celtics, and Suns being interested in Andre Drummond, do you guys think that those are teams that could put together an offer that the Bulls should bite on? Or do you kind of think that, like me, that maybe the focus more so is on uh, maybe getting Adama Sonogo some minutes? Uh, the Bulls want an OG and Anobi type play, type package back for Alice Caruso. Again, that makes sense. And then the Bulls moving DeMar DeRozan. How do you feel about the Bulls taking the chance right now to move to have uh, uh, DeMar DeRozan go into unrestricted? Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today free agency does that make you a little worried that they're playing a little loose there or do you think like me that hey it, it kind of is what it is at that point now Nikola Vucevic has made his comments known kind of surrounding this trade deadline ask about it and I just want to play a little clip from him here I like it here I want to be here uh, I think again those are all things that are out of my control uh, I do feel we have enough you know we, we had you know a lot of stuff was something that we could do better as a team players on the court things like that some stuff were unfortunate like injuries that we had to deal with uh, you know, especially like you know, Lonzo having him, you know, we haven't we only played with him for like four or five months. So, uh, but that's it's part of it. You know, you, you, you can't control that. You, you know, you can overthink it all you want and you can think, oh, maybe if I was there, would it be, but you don't know that. You, you never know until so many teams have been assembled on paper to look great and never worked out. And so, uh, again, I don't get involved in that, honestly. Like when I was younger, yeah, at times you, you do think about those things, but I think as we get older, you understand it's just, Nothing is a given, you know, wherever you are, wherever you go, whatever happens, there's still so much that has to be done and ha so much stuff that has to happen for you to to be a good team first and then even have a chance to go and play for a ring. And so uh, it's not that simple. So, yeah, for me, as far as me, I'm happy here. I like it here. I think we, we have much more in the tank that we just haven't been able to unlock and that we can show on the court. So, you know, it's just on us players to go and do that. And so, you know, just yeah, it's out of your control. And that's really what it comes down to now. You know, a lot, a big part of what was said is that I believe we have enough. That's what you're going to see in a lot of quotes and a lot of articles. And it's like you have enough to do what, right? Contending for a title, you don't have enough to do that. We are, we already know that. But as far as competing, as far as being a team that could be a tough out, as far as a team, yeah, you, we have that. We've shown flashes of that as a team, but we still need things that can help bring this team together. And that is why I do hope that AK and Eversley are still active, even if we're not moving any of our big pieces are still active looking at what deals could be out there. But I want to just keep in mind, guys, that the, the Bulls playing the buyout market is still the most likely scenario here, yet again for a third season in a row. We have half our mid-level exception. We have a biannual exception. We have a $10 million dis disabled player exception for Lonzo Ball. We have a lot of assets that could make us desirable for buyout candidates. Now, we'd have to wait to the end of the trade, to after the trade deadline passes, to kind of know how that market's going to materialize. But there is something to be said there about having a player uh, or having those exceptions there. We got we got almost $17 million in exceptions. Now, we can't combine all of them, right? 
But there is a potential for the Bulls to get and maybe a higher value player in the buyout market than what they've gotten the last two years in Tristan Thompson, Pat Bev. You know, even though Pat Bev played a great role and had a great uh, a point in the Bulls, you know, coming up, stepping up in the way that they did at the back half of that season, that 14-9 and stretch. But, you know, I get the anxiety from Bulls fans, right? Because while every other team in the league has made moves, we've stayed pretty much the same. The last trade that we made before trading for Julian Phillips was the trade to send out Laurie Markkinen, if I'm not mistaken. We've made zero trades for, for two years, basically. And, you know, over that time, same time period, most teams have averaged eight trades, right? So, you know, the Bulls, not oh, it doesn't always have to be to try to hit it out the home run trade, but we clearly need some more shooting on this team, right? We clearly need that. We can use some rim protection. Hell, we've been looking for rim protection for the past two, three years. So I, I really would love to see if AK and Eversley are doing this thing where they still want to compete, right? That's the thing with this team is that they say they still want to compete. If that's what you want to do, you got to try to improve something. And the Bulls are slated to put themselves in a situation where they almost are going to have to bet on continuity once again. You look at the, the offseason. Yeah, the Bulls can have potentially X amount of dollars in cap space, but you still got to re-sign Patrick Williams in that, right? And then in that, you got to try to replace Andre Drummond if he does walk or if you don't trade him at this trade deadline. And if you don't trade DeMar DeRozan, and get something back for him now, and and if you're luck, if you're unlucky enough to where you're not able to force a sign and trade, you're not going to have the assets back to just replace these players one for one. You're able to re-sign them because you have their bird rights. And the Bulls, with just the uh, unless they move Zach, with having Lonzo Ball's contract still there, with all these things, they can let Demar walk. Hell, they can potentially let Patrick Williams walk, but that's only going to convert itself to being basically sixteen million dollars in cap space. And then at that point in time, you're looking at trying to replace two, three positions with less than mid-level exception money. Now, you'll have your mid-level exception as well, but again, could that put you over into the luxury tax? They're not going to be able to use all of that. So it's it's a really interesting pers- uh, position that the Bulls have put themselves in with their lack of action over the years. You now are in a position where you may have to bet on continuity again just because of your salary cap situation unless the Bulls are going to be willing, which we've always kind of said, has been something to hold this team back. They are terrified of just being bad for a season because imagine this, if the Bulls were to allow themselves to, uh, I'm not going to say they are, right? I'm just saying if they were, let DeMar DeRozan walk, you re-sign Patrick Williams. At that point, you just fill out the rest of your roster spots with minimum uh, level guys. Maybe, you know, you're bringing up Adama Sinago, things like that. And maybe just let the, le- the young guys learn on the fly. That may mean that you're that you're not fighting for an eighth seed or a ninth seed. That may mean that you're fighting for maybe 10th at best, but maybe you're going to be out of that out of that playing scenario. But this front office inability to 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 or, 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 like their 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 fear of doing that, it really puts it at at a weird position. So, you know, I I just I don't know, man. The Bulls have will have roughly 16 million dollars under the second app, uh t- tax apron, which is where the Bulls are going to live, right? They're probably not even going to go over that first apron, which if you're looking at that which, uh, you know, that's still the luxury tax. That means the Bulls have $6.4 million that they can potentially work with in, in uh, cap space. That's not a lot to get stuff done. So, it, man, the Bulls are in a position where, like I said, I don't know if they're not willing to make a trade either now or in the offseason. That's a trade that's involving one of their big contracts to kind of change up the mix-up of this roster. We're going to be in a position where we're going to look at continuity yet again and you're at this point, it's not just you choosing continuity. Continuity is forced upon you because of the lack of action that you've made in other areas and times of your franchise. And that's the spot 
that you don't want to be. If you want to choose and bet on continuity, that's one thing. But when you're in a position where you have to just have continuity because you don't have many other options and you're, you're hot, your hands are tied everywhere else, that's where it, it, it gets into a position of incompetence from a front office. And let's see if this front office can get themselves out of that. Now, with that said, we got a game today, the Chicago Bulls versus the Minnesota Timberwolves going down today. And this is a game where, man, the Bulls are probably going to get cooked. Now, the Bulls do list Kobe White, Torrey Craig, and Dalen Terry. All is probable. Alex Caruso is listed as questionable. Just for a little background on that, I think Alex Caruso has been questionable for like the last 15 games and he still played. But that's the injury report. But who are we facing in the Minnesota Timberwolves? Let's be clear here. We are facing the number one defense in the NBA. They hold opponents to the worst field goal percentage in the league at 44.7%. That's the average field goal shooting percentage that a team shoots against the Minnesota Timberwolves. We also They also hold their opponents to the, the least amount of rebounds per game at 40.3. And then you got to look at their offense. While their offense isn't amazing by any stretch of the imagination, they're ranked 22nd in offense, but they are the 12th ranked rebounding team in the league and their eighth ranked in field goal percentage at 48.9, that means they almost shoot the ball as a team at 50% for the season. That While they may not score a lot of points, the brand of defense means that they don't have to, but they do run an efficient offense. They're also second in three-point shooting percentage at 39% as a team, even though they only take the 24th most three-point attempts at 31.5. This is a team that has found a way to, to kind of buck a lot of modern-day basketball trends with having that old-school suffocating defense that just forces teams to be inefficient. They run a efficient but low-scoring offense. They, they, don't, they don't take a whole hell of a lot of threes, but they hit them at the second-best clip in the NBA. So even though they don't take a lot, they're efficient in when they take it, and they're efficient in the, in the shots that they do take. This isn't a team that just tries to get up a lot of shots because they to play faster and things like that. They are methodical in how they move, and that is what could cause the Bulls fits in this game. I know I've said it for like the last 10 games in a row. The Chicago Bulls have to be locked in defensively in this game for a full 48 minutes of basketball, and if they don't do that, they will get their asses kicked. And then because the, the, the Wolves play such a suffocating brand of defense, moving the ball around and moving without the ball is going to be even more important tonight for the Chicago Bulls if they want to hope to get a win against a Minnesota Timberwolves team that is just absolutely dog right and we ain't even talked about potentially how do you how do you try to force uh anthony edwards to have an inefficient night carl anthony towns is 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 averaging what he usually averages with points right this is a this is a, a game where i'm not gonna lie i'm going into this game expecting maybe it's to protect my own expectations but it's to expect the the bulls to just flat out get their asses kicked because this is a team that executes at a high level in what they do well. And that is what we would love to see from the Bulls. Yeah, we don't have an Anthony Edwards-type player, but I'm saying just be efficient. If you're not going to be a team that takes a lot of threes, be efficient in making those threes. That is what the, the Minnesota Timberwolves do. They'll have two players averaging over 20 points. That's Anthony Edwards with 25.6 and Cat averaging 22.5. But then you got Rudy Gobert averaging 13 and 12. Thir almost 13 to 13, to be honest with you. Nas Reed averaging 12 points for them. Josh McDaniels averaged 10 points for them. Mike Conley averaging 10 points for them. So, again, this is a team that has depth, that has quality players, and that plays just well as a team. You do not want to come in here lacking against the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Bulls got to be on their P's and Q's. This is a big game to also watch how Billy Donovan draws up these schemes because, listen, while they don't 
take, like I said, their offense isn't ranked extremely high in points per game. The efficiency that they have, that's what makes this team dangerous. And if you can force them to have an inefficient night, that's where you're going to try to find your end. And we're going to have to fight for boards because they don't like giving up rebounds, having the two big man lineup. And do not be surprised if we see some Vooch and Drum out there together tonight because you may have to do that with the size that the Minnesota Timberwolves are bringing. So let me know what you guys think on that. How do you think the Bears, the Bears, the Bulls could fare today against the Minnesota Timberwolves? We'll be live for the pregame, the halftime hangout, and postgame shows on the channel, so be tuned in for that. But that's my time for today, guys. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and or voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related, thanks to you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See red if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break, Break Media.